This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, we keep hearing that campaigns matter, and this is the kind of explosive revelation that every campaign fears. I'm speaking, of course, about the pictures and video of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in blackface. One dates, as you heard in Bob's News, from his time as a private school teacher in Vancouver. Another from when he was in high school. And a third incident, which the Liberal Party says is from the early 1990s. Just Justin Trudeau apologized as soon as the pictures came out, but there are a lot of questions, a lot of raw feelings around this, as well as a lot of strategizing and jockeying by the campaigns. I'd like to hear from you, and I especially like to hear from people of color. Are you offended? How do you feel about this? 416-360-0740, toll-free, one 866-740-4740. We'll be looking at this from a number of perspectives, starting with two liberals. Ali Salam is Vice President of Public Affairs at National Public Relations, and Patrick Gossage is the Chairman of Media Profile. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Great day. Hey, wow. (laughs) Okay, Ali Salam, let's start with you. Um, You uh, worked for uh, the former immigration Minister Ahmed Hussein, you yourself are a person of color. Uh, how, how did you react when you saw this come across? I mean, there's no, there's no way to um, to doubt how I was certainly stunned by it. Um, I think it's, you know, it was a racist act. It was hurtful. Um, it was entirely inappropriate, and you should have known better at the time. Um, I, you know, I'm of South Asian background, and I've definitely felt that stick of racism. Um, and I definitely remember in my childhood in the late 80s, 90s, early 2000s, seeing these types of costumes uh, and these, you know, incidents of people, you know, using face paint and things like that. Um, and at the same time, I don't think that has made me a saint by any measure either. Um, and, I, and I also, as I processed this, thought about things that I may have said or done previously at a time when I was younger and not conscious of the impact of the types of things, uh, the types of impacts these things have on people of color, um, even even though I am one. And so, so, you know, I think it was important that he apologized directly. Um, he owned the he owned the element that uh, that this was a racist act. I thought, I thought that was really important. I wanted to hear that. I wanted him to to acknowledge that, uh, and he did. Um, I believe the apology to be sincere, um, and I think. It's, you know, it's quite frankly going to be a, a tough road for him going forward with not just people of color, but all voters um, to, you know, to work to reassure him that uh, to, to work to reassure people that this, you know, is not who he is. Um, in my own experience, as you pointed out, I worked in, in Mr. Trudeau's government for three years, um, and I certainly did not encounter an individual who I thought was a racist um, in their beliefs or their values. Um, and I was also conscious of the policies that he brought forward uh, as prime minister. And so, I'm, I, you know, those are all the things that go onto the scales when you think about this type of 
uh, this type of issue. Um, and I'm sure Patrick has many more years of experience than I do to, to weigh in from as well. Patrick, okay, um, here's one of the things about this that, that bothers me. In his apology, you would have thought that he just remembered about this. It was like it was the first he heard of it. I'm disappointed in myself. But we now know there are three incidents, and this whole issue of dressing up in blackface or brownface has it, it's huge in the United States. The governor of Virginia nearly lost his job because of it. It became a thing at the beginning of the year. So there is no way that Justin Trudeau just remembered that he did this in his past. Yet he kind of waited to be outed, thinking he'd get a... I mean, Patrick, do you know what I'm getting at? Well, I do. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, can't, I can't vouch for, for, for Trudeau's detailed memory of what he did. You know, in uh, you know, uh, in the 1990s. Uh, I mean, do you remember? I mean, anyway. I mean, uh, you know, I, I do think I do think it puts him in a difficult situation, and uh, I'm very sympathetic with uh, with people of color who are you know deeply deeply uh, moved and insulted by this, and and are perhaps a lot of them are taking another look at Trudeau and. But, you know, I think what we have to decide is, is Trudeau a racist, you know? And, you know, I don't think most Canadians think he's a racist because of what he did a long time ago. I mean, that's the real question. And also, I think, the, I agree, the apology was, I don't, I've never heard an apology like that. I've never heard a leader say he was pissed off with himself. This was a genuine, heartfelt apology. He feels awful about it. And I think that came across. It was genuine. And unlike a lot of his, uh, you know, rather scripted uh, performance on in this campaign, this was the genuine Trudeau coming out. And I think it was effective. And uh, we, will, we will see. I mean, we will see what we will see. I think it's damaging. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, Ali, but again, um, you got to wonder, or I wonder, I'm sure that he remembered when this became an issue in the United States. You know, why didn't he, if he is so sincere, admit it back then that there was this in his past? It probably would have then been better for his campaign. Oh, uh, certainly it would have been better for the campaign. But I, 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 I'll go back to what I was saying um, earlier, which is that I, I've been trying to recollect my own, you know, my own experience, the things I might have said or done that, um, that were, you know, perhaps offensive, perhaps racist at, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, that at the time, I wouldn't have even thought about um, as as being an offensive act, because, you know, and I hate to say, like, it was a different time, but in, in a way, it was a different time. And, um, and so if this had happened, you know, last week, or last year, or in the last, couple, you know, two or three years, and things have really changed. I can say that from personal experience um, with the way that society at large, Canadian society in particular, approaches um, these issues for the better, uh, certainly in some quarters. Um, And I I struggle to remember what those, you know, what those things might have been that I've done. And so, you know, I can't can't say that he necessarily knew or didn't know, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I think what's, what's going to be important for Canadians is how he handles this going forward. It, you know, the reality is, is that Mr. Trudeau is going to be dealing with us for the rest of the campaign and for the rest of his life. Um, is this something that, you know, will always be a part of his record? Um, and Canadians will uh, have the opportunity to judge him for it 
um, both in in this election and and onwards. Patrick Gossage, uh, how um, how does he get past this, or does he at all? And do you think that this will last for the entire campaign, or will it fade? Your, your prediction. Well, you know, I'm I'm the eternal optimist, and uh, you know. Um, I'm going to a funeral, and uh, I'm in the car, and I don't think this is his funeral, that's for sure. And, you know, he survived the uh, report, you know, the report on the SNC-Lavalin thing, and, you know, in fact, he's come back up in the polls. So I don't know what the average Canadian is thinking, frankly, and uh, I think the average Canadian, particularly Canadians of color, are, are, you know, probably, you know, thinking, God, is this guy for real? It's like, how could he have done that, and so on, and maybe... And maybe uh, that's those are votes that he's going to lose. In terms of the, the in terms of the rest of the public, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, you know, certainly, the people I've talked to are, you know, think this is something that that can be overcome and that can can go away and not affect his overall popularity. I guess that's what I'm hoping for, but I'm not so sure. Um, as as my colleague said, you know, this is this is something you live with. Uh, you know, mistakes you've made in the past, and I've made a few, and we live with them every day. And I guess we all do. Okay. And, well, let's uh, hear. Let's hang on. Let's hear from a couple of uh, uh, Canadians. We've got Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hello, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I said to the receptionist there, uh, one word I think describes this thing, and that's sanctimonious. Go um, ahead. Yeah. He asked me to explain it. Well, if Trudeau hadn't have come out so many times and called Sheer a racist and called all these other people racist over the years, you know what? We might have been able to forgive this, but sanctimonious still comes to mind when I when I think of it. Okay, I hear you. That's what a lot Good of point. people are saying. This this shows him as a hypocrite, and uh, maybe that is where the damage lies. Ron, thanks for your call. Uh, let's go to Marissa in Etobicoke. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, good, good. Just a couple of things. All I want to say is that he's apologized. He is remorseful. I think his intentions were not malicious at all. He came forward and he apologized, and his apology was genuine. Also, I smell a rat in the background here, because I remember when John Cretchen was running for prime minister, there was a commercial about his, the, his medical condition, about the distortion on his face, which was done by the PC. Well, Where it backfired on them. came in with this, I don't know. But I have one thing more to say to my fellow Canadians. My motto in life is always go forward and never turn back. We all have regrets in our life. Yes, it was inappropriate. Yes, he's apologized. And I don't believe that he is a racist. Okay. Thank you for that, Marissa. Okay. So um, that's, uh, we, we, we will be getting to other, people, other people's calls throughout the show. Uh, Ali Salam, what would you like to leave us with on this? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Marissa made an important, uh, an important point. And I think the other thing that we need to consider is, it's 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 being looked at in a very you know um, that it's one way or the other. It's a, I think there's a bit of a false dichotomy on looking at people and deciding you know is that person a racist or not a racist, and those are the only two things. And it's a challenging question because I you know I I say with great shame that I've probably said a racist thing in my life and and had you know had done a racist act. I don't I can't couldn't tell you what that might be. But I, I would bet that I, I think that applies to many people. 
And I don't think that that necessarily defines who you are as a person writ large. And so, you know, do I think that, that Mr. Trudeau is a racist? No, absolutely not. Do I think he, you know, he is, has done a racist act here in his past? Yes. I mean, he said as much directly yesterday. And oh. so I think it's that balancing that we, we have to, you know, we have to look at when we're trying to decide what the measure of the man and, uh, and you know, where he stands uh, on, on issues, not just on, on issues of diversity and inclusion, but issues writ large. Okay. And I think that'll be up to voters to decide, you know, as they weigh this into all the other, you know, factors that they weigh in when they make their decision. Okay. And Patrick, uh, 20 seconds. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I think, you know, I think, you know, being being genuinely remorseful, which he which he's managed to be, despite probably the best of, you know, advice from his people. Uh, I think he's genuinely remorseful. And I think that's what's going to play quite well uh, with the public. I mean, there's nothing like an apology, you know, and uh, boy, it's, I'll tell you, and we've talked about this before, it is awfully hard, as my colleague knows, to get politicians to apologize. And he did it, and he did it in spades, and I think that's going to have an effect on the voters, and it'll be a positive one. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and I'm off to the funeral. Okay, not Trudeau's. <laughs> okay, not Trudeau's. Thank you both, Ali Salam and Patrick Gossett. Appreciate your Thank time. You. I'd like to bring in a couple of other perspectives on this. On the line, we have Jason Leader, who is a conservative strategist, president at Enterprise, and joining me in studio, Suzanne Boyd, who is the editor-in-chief of Zoomer magazine. Now, Suzanne, you are a woman of color. You have spent time with the Prime Minister. You've known him socially over the years. And last year, he was on the cover of the magazine. So uh, you spent time with him at that shoot and at an in-depth interview. What was your reaction when you saw this? Well, I was shocked and stunned, like I think all Canadians and people around the world. This is not the... um, image um, figuratively and literally we have of Justin Trudeau, whether you agree with his politics or his policies or not, you do believe in his values and that his heart is in the right place. So to see these um, now three um, first it was the brown face and the difference is I guess the culture that it's that the um, the mockery is referring to. So we first we saw the brown face, then we saw the black face, and now there's a black face video with an afro. So there's three, and it was just like the domino effect of it. So it, it's stunning. I think as a Canadian, um, this is our representative. This story made headlines around the world, and this is not how we perceive ourselves or society, even though there is a lot of institutionalized racism in the society. So I think it's a bit of a, just a wake-up call you know, in in several ways. Have you changed your opinion of him because of this? Um, I'm still processing this. You know, for people of color, I think it does hit you in the gut. It hits you in the soul. It's, you know, blackface and brownface. It's dehumanizing. We always think that, you know, Canada is different than the States, but blackface minstreling, which is what was done in the second incidents where during the Harry Belafonte, that, that was a form of Canadian entertainment. It was very popular in in the in in the 
in the 20th century, and performers would come up from the states and perform here to sell out crowds, um, blackface minstrels. So, you know, it's 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 just shocking to me also that it was institutionalized. You know, we talk a lot about institutionalized racism. The first two incidents both happened at schools, one where he was a teacher, and it was in the school Hoity newsletter. Hoity private school yeah. in Vancouver. And the other one Point was when he was yeah. a, a student at the Jesuit school, you know, when he did the Harry Belafonte. Um, Another hoity-toity school. So, so there you have privilege, but there you also have very educated um, people who would know better. Um, the 90s, um, you know, these things were, were not good to do even then. That span of time has not been that long ago. I'd so like it's to, disappointing. I'd like to bring in Jason Leader. Hi, Jason. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, so um, as I said, one of the things that's bothering me about this is that this whole issue exploded in the United States at the beginning of this year, so he had to have remembered then that he had this in his past. And instead of owning up to it, he, he waited to be caught. I mean, I guess he thought he'd get away with it, if that's the right way of putting it. Jason, what do you think of that? So so weird, and I think it's it's so interesting to and and sort of you know it's 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 hard to listen to people of color describe how this hurts it hurts them so much. Just the discussion you just had, and then you know I saw Mr. Singh last night. Uh, I think you know really really real and authentic way describe you know sort of don't 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 give up on Canada. And, um, I really like the way you guys were talking about it in terms of you know this is this is the worst. I think I've ever seen Canada look on the world stage, and I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, partisan about it. I'm a conservative. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Justin Trudeau, but I don't know that I can ever remember a time that we were splashed across the leader of our country was splashed across the news every single newspaper in the world in this kind of a photo. Um, and it's it's not what Canada is, and it's not what we want to be. And I think uh, just to get back to your question, I, I think I think it takes a, a special kind of guy, and, and I, I specials in quotation marks there to to have spent the last four years. And Mr. Trudeau's done a lot of good things, and I think I I don't I don't disagree with with you guys. By the way, that you know in many places his heart is in the right place, and and I think he does try hard. And I think it takes a special kind of guy to spend the last four years sort of telling everybody, all his political opponents, you know, there was this underlying sort of I'm better than you, I'm I know more than you, I'm more sensitive than you, I, I'm more diverse than you, I I'm more right inclusive thing. than you, I'm less racist than yeah, you. Yeah, and, and you know he's he's called everybody. That is a political opponent, certainly on the conservative side, a racist in one way or another, and it's it's just shocking that he knew that this might come up, and yet that was the tact he took. If if I were him, and I knew this stuff was out there, number one, I try and get in front of it and apologize for it before I got found out. But secondly, I don't think that I would have been all in on calling everybody a racist for the last couple of years. Suzanne, you wanted to jump in there. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, the timing, because these things were online and available in 2015. And I think it's so... Uh, but the we culture, didn't know about them. But the culture mm-hmm. has moved so... But a lot of people did. A lot and, of people and did. And didn't feel the need to bring it up. And I think a, 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 something very, very specific happened after the Trump election, and it started with the, the Women's March, and people just not standing for things anymore. So things that would have gotten a pass before 2015, before the 2016 Trump election, now have become more, um, more of a problem. They are a problem, but people didn't... Well, most 
people, the mainstream people didn't see them as a problem. And now, now in this new world where we're looking and calling out all these things, so I think that's why it's sort of laid dormant and no one brought it forward and now people are bringing it forward. And also I think, well, the liberals were, you know, the, they were getting all these videos and all these things about conservative candidates and now they, they were sitting on this. So again, why didn't they just come forward because I do think people can change and evolve and if these things I think it's the lack of transparency about it again being adding to the exponential problem here. Uh, Jason uh, let's be realistic I'm sure that uh, both uh, conservatives and NDP are are uh, you know not really unhappy about this uh, how does Andrew Shear? try to capitalize on it is he is he doing the right thing by not talking about it too much he uh, unveiled some strategy today that everyone is ignoring and <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> of course that affects our demographic but i'm not even going to talk about that uh, yeah. um i think uh i think you gotta i i was really impressed with uh, mr singh last night i was impressed with mr mr sheer i thought mr singh spoke from the heart i think this is his moment um, you know, uh, sadly, this is what it's going to take for it to be his moment, but this is a moment for him. There's no doubt about that. If I'm Mr. Shear, who, you know, is sort of a, a middle-class white guy, you got to sort of stay out of the way of, of some of these discussions, I think, and just, you know, let Mr. Trudeau try and figure out what he's going to do next uh, and hold him to account. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, I just think, as a as a as a conservative, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't, uh, you know, sort of happy to see Mr. Trudeau being. I'm glad you're coming clean with that. About no, like I, this. I, I, I'm I'm very upfront about this kind of stuff. I, I think this guy has been sort of a sanctimonious hypocrite for the last couple of years, and I, I and it's and it's nice to see it laid bare. I don't. I think it's hurting a lot of people in the way it's going to be laid bare, and I think that that's an awful thing, and I think it's hurting Canada as well, which I think is an awful thing, and I, it's too bad that it's come to that. Um, but politically, to your point, and how this affects everything, you know, the the, the, the gloves are off, and this uh, I think you're going to see everything. The liberals are going to be desperate. They're going to be throwing everything at the wall in terms of trying to save the furniture. It's going to get nastier before it, uh, before it gets better. I think Canadians are going to be turned off by a lot of what they see. I think they were already turned off by what they saw in the last little bit. But in a close election, we don't have any rule book for this. Uh, you know, like, this is, this is, I don't ever remember in any election I've ever been involved in anything that's even uh, remotely near the scope of this. And we just don't know what's going to happen. Suzanne, uh, you've been getting a lot of response on the magazine. Uh, what does it seem to indicate for you? Is, is, is this, as uh, Patrick said, it wasn't earlier Trudeau's funeral? Not according to the comments on our Facebook. They believe that he's apologized and that um, it won't change how they feel about the issues and how they were going to vote for him. That he's apologized, it was wrong, but going forward it shouldn't impact on how they feel about him as our leader. So that's the majority of our comments on our Facebook page. And uh, again, I think a lot of, I mean, there's the damage, 
because of what he did, but there's also the damage because he is seen as being very politically correct. Mm -hmm. He's called other people racists, or they think he's called them a racist. Does this expose him as a hypocrite in your mind? Well, I think um, people can evolve and change. Um, I think a lot depends on what he... People have to look at his deeds since he was in politics and as a leader. I think if there are any more pictures later than the ones that have already come out, then you know, then that's a whole other kettle of fish, so to speak. But I do think a lot is riding on what he says when he speaks at 2.15. I think, you know, you look at times when there's been um, um, campaigns in crisis. I go back to the Obama campaign, 08, when his Reverend Wright, his minister, said all these things that were perceived as racist and, and anti-American. And he came and gave, everyone said his campaign was over, and he came and he gave this speech that was very honest, very raw, and it laid bare all the issues of race in America, and it put his campaign back on track because it really touched people. So I think whatever happens at 2.15 when Mr. Trudeau speaks will be very telling as to how this is going to go. Okay, Suzanne Boyd, thank you so much for being with us. Also, Jason, leader, conservative strategist, we appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and people, hang on. We are going to uh, get back to your calls in about 15 minutes. But in the meantime, I would like to to welcome Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada. He's the guy that so many other politicians and pundits were very keen to muzzle. And this week we learned that he will be allowed to participate in the two main debates. He joins me now. Welcome, Mr. Bernier. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, now, I have to ask you, because uh, it basically it's all anyone is talking about today, your reaction to uh, Justin Trudeau in blackface and brownface? Yeah, like I tweeted this morning, you know, uh, for me, uh, you have to look back in that time, 19 years ago, and uh, I understand the prime minister when he did that, uh, but for me, the most important, it's not the fact that it can be seen as racist or not. The most important is, I think the prime minister is a little bit uh, hypocrite uh, because uh, he, uh, he was not so shy to look at us and me as the leader and the People's Party and to say things about us. So I just want to let him know that, uh, yes, that happened a couple of years ago. And I think he, uh, he behaved, behaved very, very well yesterday. But uh, we must uh, just uh, understand that uh, in his political career, uh, he was doing a lot of and is still doing of identity politics. And we at the People's Party and myself, we don't do that. You know, we are working for all Canadians and we don't try to pander to everybody. And uh, and we're not hypocrites. So uh, uh, that's something that um, Prime Minister must learn from that, uh, from that event. You called him the biggest hypocrite in Canada. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, after because as you know, he built his uh, political career on uh, virtue signaling and saying that you know he's a great uh, feminist and all that. But when you look a little bit behind, you can see that uh, that's not the case all the time. Uh, yeah, and as you mentioned, okay, so uh, I think that this. Uh 
is something that's significant for you because, as you mentioned, a lot of people have called you a racist or at least someone who is giving a platform to white supremacy and hate. So uh, does this, you know, turn the tables for you a little bit? Because you, you seem to be getting that from all sides. Well, you know, that would be great because we're doing politics differently and I don't like to call names. I want to have debates on issues and what it is more important. So it is too bad that because uh, we are speaking about immigration, that some people are saying that to uh, And that's not true. You know, we're not anti-immigration. We're not for mass immigration. We just want fewer immigrants and we want them. Uh, they will come in this country. And, and we want also more economic immigrants, you know, a person that will come here because we need their skill and we have a shortage of laborers in this country so that would be important but we're the only party to open that discussion and what i don't like it's the other political parties don't want to have that discussion it's always more and more and more you know we need to be sure that our borders would be respected and that's why one of our proposal is to have a fence at the Roxham Road in Quebec and telling these people that they want to come to Canada, they will be welcome if they cross the border at the official port of entry like everybody. So we cannot afford to have uh, every, uh, for the last two years, more than 45,000 people that crossed, crossed illegally our borders. And I think we must stop that. And that's a, a very strong position from our party. Uh- you want to cut immigration from the the level now, which is over 300,000 to 100 or 150,000. So how did you come up with that number? First of all, uh, you know, it's in line with, uh, if you look per capita, 350,000 uh, people, newcomers every year. That will be, that will be, uh, from us mass immigration. And if you look per capita, 350,000 a year, it is uh, more than any other uh, Western countries. So we'll receive more than anybody. And so I think we must stop that. And uh, every year, 350,000, that would be a million after three years. It's the population of Nova Scotia. We cannot afford that. So 150,000, yes, our numbers, it is between 100,000 and 150,000. But at 150,000 per capita, we will have the same level of immigrants than uh, the U.S. or the European countries. And I think that's important. We want fewer because we want to be sure that these people will participate in our society. That will be easy for them to integrate our society. And our immigration you- policy must fulfill our economic needs. And at 150, if we have 1,000 a year, if we have 50% of them as economic immigrants, that will fulfill our economic needs as a country. But a country like Germany has taken, you know, up to a million refugees in addition to immigrants. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying to immigrants, I'm saying illegal immigrants. They did that on one time, and they're not doing that every year. <laughs> and so for if you, if you speak about refugees, what we receive right now, uh, an absolute number, we receive more refugees than the U.S. that is uh, 10 times bigger than us. But we don't receive the, the real refugees, if, if I can express myself like that. The one where their life is in danger in another country, 
the people who are crossing the border at the Roxham Road, for me, they are illegal migrants and they are not refugees. And that's why at least 40 percent of them uh, will have to be deported in three years. And that's not me who's saying that. That's the Department of Immigration that said that. So let's be sure to help the real one and the one that are crossing the border. They are jumping the queue and it's not fair. So we we need to have a, a fair system for the uh, the refugees that uh, where their life is in danger. Now, here at uh, Zoomer Media, we are affiliated with CARP, a new vision of aging, and, and um, we mostly have an older demographic. Do you have anything in your platform to make life easier for older Canadians? Absolutely. You know, we need to be able... I'm speaking about <laughs> cutting taxes by 35 for 35 uh, million dollars. That will be the amount that people will save. But for the olders, uh, there's a pension in Canada. And our position is to be sure that the pension will be full indexed uh, with the cost of life in this country. And that's not the case right now. The inflation that what we receive, it's about 2%. But some economists are saying that the inflation in this country, it is more than 2%. So we need to be sure to have a full indexation of the platform all the time and uh, of the pension, sorry, all the time. And, and at the same time also to be sure that uh, we're going to be able to do that without creating any deficit. And that's why it's important because we know that the deficit of today are the taxes of tomorrow. So we need to be sure that for the younger generation, the future generation, they will have the same opportunities that uh, you have. So that, that's uh, important for us. And that's why we want to balance the budget at the same time by, you know, cutting uh, the subsidies to the big businesses and, and doing bold reforms like that. And uh, finally, uh, how do you think that uh, your presence at the debate and also today's events will change the nature of the debate? But first of all, it is important because 52% of our population said that they're ready to vote for a new party at the political level. And we are the new party at the political level, uh, at the federal level. So what we need to do, uh, a lot of people don't know that we exist. So the participation in the debate and doing this interview today with you, that will help because we have candidates in every writing, and that's important, we created that party 11 months ago, and we are a real national political force across the country, ready to discuss the real issues for our country. And being, being part of the debate, that will give me and give us the ability to do that. Okay. Maxime Bernier, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Have a nice day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, people, so uh, this is the guy that a lot of people did not want to allow to speak, so you've heard it from him, and now I'd like to welcome Kim Wright of Kim Wright Strategies, an NDP strategist. We'll also try to get to some more of your calls. Uh, Kim, uh, Jagmeet Singh getting uh, a lot of praise for the way he reacted. Absolutely, and as he should, uh, you know. And for the listeners who haven't seen the clip of his uh, his response, it has been it was incredibly personal. As the first racialized leader of a political party, I think you know everyone was looking to see how he would react. And for him, it was jarring in and of itself, as it has been for a number of uh, a number of people. 
But it was also uh, talking about how people of color have been uh, attacked over the years, how blackface and brownface, and let's call it what it is, the prime minister keeps wanting to say he was wearing makeup. No, he was wearing blackface and brownface. Yeah, face. I know. I, I was wondering, you know, using. it's like I wear makeup. L- language <laughs> yeah. matters. This yeah. isn't a little foundation. He was yeah. full on in blackface, uh, which is a horrible mockery that should have been done away with and for the prime minister to have said uh things like i've been fighting racism my whole life now we have not only one but two but three Mm. now possibly more instances of him acting in this way that's not a one-off that's a trend uh and a pattern and he had an opportunity last night to stand up to canadians and say these are all the times i did this i'm sorry but he didn't He, in fact, either doesn't remember because he's done it so many times or he lied to Canadians. And those things are all a whole bunch of problems for the prime minister and his staff today. They also knew about this article for the last two months. Oh, they did. That's what uh, that's what we've been hearing is they they were they were uh, they've been asked for comment for quite a while. And that the prime minister uh, knew the article was coming out last night. So he he had time to he prepare. He said he knew about it yesterday during the day. There yes. is there is talk along that uh, time had reached out to them uh, quite quite a bit ago. He's also known for 18 years. This has been a thing. Okay, so. yeah, yeah, that's what you see. The, that's what one of the things that bugged me about his apology it was it was like, this is the first I've heard of it. I'm so disappointed. I'm shocked and appalled that there's, you know, I was, you know, racist in my past on multiple occasions and not only racist, but was photographed being racist. And now you're actually having the temerity to ask about it during an election campaign. Well, no, I don't I don't think it was quite that. But but, you know, if you if it was the one off, then you could you know, maybe you could think he forgot about it, but it was such an issue in the United States Absolutely. at the beginning of the year. I'm sure that would have twigged his memory. And did his people know about it then? And was some decision made to keep it quiet? Possibly. Uh, you know, frankly, I I said at the time, I believe it was, uh, there was a governor. Uh, and what I said at the time was, I hope every candidate is going through all of their yearbooks and figuring out what they did and making a thorough moral inventory about it. The the Prime Minister has a lot, Justin Trudeau has a lot, let's stop calling him the Prime Minister for this moment. Okay, the Liberal Just, leader. The Liberal leader, Justin Trudeau, has had a history of this. He needs to account for that to Canadians. He His apology was weak at best from any metric uh, of Wait a minute. apology. Let me, let, let, let me jump in, because a lot of people are saying he apologized, they found his apology sincere. Our first guests, who granted were liberals, saying that, that it really came from the heart. I thought it, it certainly looked sincere to me, except that I thought, like, what is he saying? He, he he was reacting as though he didn't realize he had done this. So that's the only thing that you know, I found. Is it a, once again, did he think that he experienced this differently? Uh, as he often says about either the Indigenous community or women, he has uh, acted inappropriately around in the past. There is a pattern here. He also, uh, if you remember, not that long ago, there was a fundraiser that he had uh, put on and behind clothes, behind, you know, the expensive ticket. And a protester from Grassy Narrows came out and tried to get his attention. These are people who have had mercury poisoning, who their lived experience is uh, a 
catastrophe by any metric. And the prime minister's response from that podium was, thank you for your donation. So he has a credibility gap that uh, is surprising at this stage for somebody who has literally been in the spotlight since he was, you know, born, born, uh, that he has such a such a gap between who he professes to be and who he see who is seeming to be behind the scenes. And that's a concern for Canadians. Yes, his apology sounded great until the next morning when we realized there were more instances of this. Okay, let's uh, hear from a couple of people. We've got Charmaine in Toronto. Hi, Charmaine. Hi, Libby. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I was just saying, you know, um, I don't like how the media has jumped on this and blown it up to something that I think is way more than what it really is. Um, I watched the video. I'm a person of color. I don't feel that he was racist at all. I think he was just trying to be very thorough in his depiction of the character that he was depicting. And, um, you know, this, it's, it's funny how timing is everything right now. All of a sudden, people have jumped on this at this particular time with the elections two months away. I find that very suspect. You look at the guy's record, you see what he's done. Nothing about that speaks of racism to me. And I think we should just put that to bed, turn the page, he's apologized, and look to, to um, solving the home crisis in Toronto right now, the housing market, and also the gun violence. That is something to me that you guys should be spending a lot more time on than this uh, flivorous uh, mess here that somebody's concocted, obviously, to make the guy look bad. That's my comment. Okay, Charmaine, thank you for your perspective. Um, Thank you. There's okay. lots of great public policy debates being had, uh, and but it also speaks to some of the challenges that Justin Trudeau has had in this campaign. There were a lot of promises he made in the last election to do politics differently, that we would have proportional representation, we would have universal daycare, we would have pharmacare. None of these things happened. So again, back to that credibility gap that he seems to to have, which is you say one thing, and then your behavior is very different when you're given the keys to the castle. That that's that's and a concerning theme. I think theme. he is definitely uh, guilty of virtue signaling, and I think that makes this a lot worse than it would otherwise be. And, and for those people who think that because I'm a new Democrat, no, this is uh, hypocrisy should be called out. And I, for the same reason, uh, two weeks ago on this very program, I think it was two or maybe three weeks ago on this program, uh, I called out Andrew Scheer for the simil- you know, for his comments around the gay community and his lack of contrition on it. There cannot be a moment where we say this type of behavior, these types of comments, are okay if you're not going to actually show that you as a person are very different. You know, this is a different time than 2015. Uh, you know, we've we've gone through so much either from Me Too and all of these other uh, societal changes. So it is a different time in a different place, sure, but there's still an accountability for what you've done in your past. Okay, so you're a strategist. Now, uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, we were just about counting Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats out. Uh, they were in the process of being eclipsed by the Green Party. He made a good showing in the debate. Everybody yeah. agreed with that. And then last night, and uh, people would 
surmise that if there are voters out there who are extremely upset and put off by this, uh, they're unlikely to vote conservative if they're left leaning. That he does Jagmeet Singh benefit from this? I'm not sure anybody in Canada benefits from a, a leader of our country embarrassing us on the world stage and and lying about it. But parking that, he has an. Jagmeet Singh has had an opportunity since the campaign has started to talk about how to do politics truly differently. So yes, we were a bit delayed. What was seemed to be delayed in getting candidates because the candidates we were trying to get were a broader cross section of Canada. And if you look at our candidates in downtown Toronto, uh, they are from a broad range of racialized communities and I think that that makes for harder to get those candidates to come forward but more important to have them around the table and not just as a token but actually part of the decision making and the and the and the conversation so there's that uh, there has been the ad campaign that he ran in Quebec, which we've now started to see in English Canada, of him putting on his turban. Why he's a different kind of leader, but not only putting on his turban, but also putting on his MMA boxing uh, gloves. And, and why he's in this, why he's fighting the way he's fighting, why he's in this race. And I think people are having an opportunity to say, who is this guy and why uh, is is he more part of this conversation? But than does we he stand to gain from this explosion? Uh, I think, as I said, Canadians will have to determine whether or not they believe the Prime Minister. But I think the more people are looking at how Jagmeet Singh has reacted to this, but also embraced the fact that uh, Canadians, you know, who have, especially those who have felt uh, bullied, uh, you know, they need that voice and that opportunity uh, to be heard, and 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 people do need that societal change. So I think there is there an opportunity for that better betterment, of course. And you know, the juxtaposition this week, there were some headlines of uh, Jagmeet Singh at the international plowing match, uh, where he got quite a great reception, but. There was a headline in the in many of the media outlets of "Is Canada ready for a prime minister in a turban?" And the next day, we're having headlines about the prime the current prime minister uh, wearing black and brown face. I think we do have a question uh, to ask ourselves. Uh, but Jigmeet has shown his uh, his great skill and compassion. Okay, let's take a call from Sam in Toronto. Hi, Sam. Hey, Libby. I was going to talk about the streetcars, but I talk about Trudeau. Okay. Um, First of all, I said I'm independent. I'm not partisan, and I think I can look at it a little bit to the side of New Democrats, you know, tiny bit, some issues. But overall, I think, you know, we're dealing with a cancel culture, as I said, and I was talking to someone, an outrage culture, and uh, totally Trudeau has, uh, like, you know, hidden uh, hidden things in his closet, just like uh, it's, it, uh, Canada is like an old colonial uh, system still. And everyone from all groups, be it conservatives or liberals, or to some extent some other, you know, independent parties, I'm sure they all have some sort of a, you know, uh, filled closet with a ton of these things. But what I'm saying is that you have to look at the collective work of what has what uh, Trudeau has done, which I don't agree with many issues. I'm an ethnic person, I'm Persian, you know, but a lot of things uh, I think he has done for the minorities and everything that you have to, we have to commend it for commend him for it and you know just uh, just for one or two you know uh, couple of incidents and you know it's like an october surprise just before well september surprise just a couple of months before election whatever it's that comes month. up it's you can't just cancel all he has it's done and month. i don't think and i don't think overall it's going to make 
much of a difference for, with uh, different ethnic groups that supported him already because uh, they're not, we can't collectivize the whole group and think, oh, they're going to think this way and they're going to put him down, they're not going to vote for him or, you know, in many issues. So it's all mostly on personal bias and folks are going to vote, uh, you know, basically on what they see Trudeau been doing uh, and his records. Okay, Sam. Thanks for that. We'll 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 see what he sees. Let's go to John in Niagara. Hi, John. How are you doing? Fine. Good. I'm here with a crew of guys with the uh, BDR, our work crew here, and uh, they're all discussed this thing over. And, and it's shameful to have that happen as a prime minister. And we're all wondering what would have happened with all these other people calling in. What would have happened if this was Andrew Shear? or uh, even Stephen Harper, who they blame for everything, what would have happened if they got him in brown face? Like, you guys would have just hammered him on the media, would you not? Well, is, is Trudeau not getting hammered enough for this? Well, I hope he gets hammered right out of the country. That's what we're hoping for down here in Niagara. Your, your, your caller is quite right, Libby, that there is a bit of a hypocrisy. And I, I talked about it on my Twitter page this morning. Had this had it not been for some people's preferred candidate that this was happening to, uh, you know, their reactions would have been swift and harsh. But because it's their their preferred candidate, they're like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. And we accept your apology. And this is a learning opportunity. I don't think that uh, it's unreasonable to say what's good for the goose is good for the gander on this. And if you're going to call out uh, when people behave poorly, you need to do that across the board. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you're probably right. Would the reaction have been even worse if it was a conservative? Maybe, but I don't think the reaction... I mean, well, I there are a lot of people giving him a pass, but I think if it had happened in another party, the supporters, there would be supporters of that party giving their leader a pass, if, we, that's, yeah. if that's the right way to phrase it. I don't but know. Just, just two weeks ago, they nailed Sheer uh, on something he spoke about, I believe, 10, 15 years ago on abortion. Uh, abortion and gay rights and yep. gay rights, yeah. Yes, and and it just all oh, it was terrible. Okay, and, and now this happens, and oh, it's okay. Well, who's it's saying okay it's okay? People, John, we take your point. Thanks for your call. Thank you for letting me speak, big time. Okay. Um, we are going to have to start wrapping things up here. People, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. So I think we know what the main topic of the day is going to be. I'm sorry if I couldn't get to your calls. I think that our producer, Zeev, warned people that we were going to be kind of jam-packed today. And tomorrow we can also talk about what you heard from Maxime Bernier, because uh, I just let him speak. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about tomorrow. Uh, In the meantime, Kim Wright, I'm giving you the last word. Where does this go from here? What's next? Well, I think all ears will be on how the how Justin Trudeau and his team uh, deal with this matter. And can he actually be honest with Canadians about how many times he actually was in blackface? Can he actually call it blackface? Because language matters in this case. Also, I think that, uh, that Canadians are really having a significant look at Jigmeet Singh and what he brings to the table, but also his, uh, his point of view uh, and the point of view he's bringing forward for people who have been bullied and turbans taken off 
iPads and all of those things he's talked about, people really do need to 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 listen to that. I think it, it was incredibly authentic and incredibly heartfelt, uh, and 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 hopefully that Canadians can find healing. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.